0: Welcome to Exposure Therapy and today our guest is uh, my good friend Tim Arnold from uh, wonderful central Alberta and I met Tim this summer and caught, uh, caught a glimpse of some of his wildlife and uh, and photography of nature and uh, just uh, thought it'd be really exciting to have him on, have him on and uh, show us some of his images. So Tim, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I was quite pleased when you contacted me and asked me if I wanted to participate in your uh in your shows your uh videos and so on
0: awesome so tim uh before we kind of look at your wildlife photos and i love these and we got a lot to go through today uh, i just want to find out a little bit about you uh about how you got into photography what you know kind of things you like to shoot all that all that kind of good stuff so why don't we start with uh you know what do you do now maybe for a living and um and how do you incorporate photography
1: into your into your into your existence? Yeah, interesting start, TJ. I uh, I'm a realtor, so I work uh, primarily residential and and uh, acreages, but also uh, farms and, and land. And uh, the photography comes in really handy because I I do a lot of my own uh, uh, photography on the homes, the interiors as well as the exteriors. Do some drone work, um, so that's where the photography ties into what I'm currently doing. I spent 35 years in the oil patch as an operator, a contract operator, before I got into the real estate. Um, You know, photography has been something I've I've always really enjoyed, and uh, I did quite a bit of it when my kids were little. I have five sons, so, you know, as a parent, you're taking pictures, Um, and then I kind of got away from it, because life just got busy, and film wasn't cheap, and... uh, Mm. Anyway, it just, I got away from it, and, uh, and then digital came along, and it intrigued me, and so I wanted to try it, and my first camera was, I think, a Nikon, and it was not an SLR, it was uh, some kind of a point-and-shoot, uh, but anyway, I realized that digital, if nothing else, was handy and inexpensive. Mm. Yeah,
0: I've heard uh, film, especially these days, like, even though it's making a comeback it is really, really expensive. Like it could be $10 kind of per roll sort of thing. Yeah, it is.
1: And I mean, it was fun. I actually had my own dark room for a while. I, I developed black and white and played around with that. You know what? It's fun. It's really quite enjoyable. Uh, seeing what you can do with exposure time under the light and, you know, in the chemicals and so on, but that's another world. Do you have a
0: favorite part of the film process, like whether it be the shooting itself, the developing, or is it kind of a ritual that you enjoy each part equally but differently?
1: You know, I'll be really honest. I'm a bit lazy. I like shooting. I don't like editing. <clears throat> but if I get if I get some good shots, some good images, it is fun to go back, go look at them, and edit them and so on. Uh, wedding photography would be a real drag because, man, it's so much editing, but... Uh, What I do, I can pick and choose what I edit and how I edit and so on. Mm
0: -hmm. So I've never actually, well, I've never, I've shot on a film camera. I've never actually developed the film. So I've never gone through the whole process, uh, even just submitting it outside of those old point issues that you'd give to like Walmart or or shoppers to develop or whatever. But how long, when you're developing your own film in your own darkroom, what's, how long does that process take, start to finish?
1: You know, it's been a long time and I don't really remember. I really don't i I just know you had to get in a very dark room. you had a red light on red lights for whatever reason didn't affect the uh, the exposure process and and then uh, I can't remember how long we'd have to keep the negatives in a tank and the prints and so on. There were chemical solutions that you made up, and you know I'm sure that that it has changed considerably today to what it was uh thirty. 35 years ago. I'm sure it's much different, but, uh, I just remember really enjoying it. Uh, it was just fun to take the pictures and then develop them. And then, you know, as time went on, I just sold my equipment. Life took over, family took over. And as I said, eventually then I got back into it at digital.
0: Nice. And so what, um,
1: what are you shooting on digital, but what are you shooting on these days? You know, I'm a bit of an odd duck. I shoot with Olympus. And, uh, and Panasonic actually, I've got oh cool Panasonic. Yeah. Panasonic G9. They share, uh, micro four thirds technology mm-hmm. and, uh, and so lenses are, uh, are compatible on both. So I've got some Panasonic lenses, some Olympus lenses, both companies have good glass
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, you know, I like the Panasonic video, the Olympus, it shoots pretty good images. So, uh, you know, for wildlife, you've got the uh, with the uh, four thirds. You've got two times crop, and for anybody that's that's uh, not familiar with crop image, then uh, you know your your two times crop takes the full frame, and and acts as a doubler. So your uh, for example, a fifty millimeter on a on a two times crop or on a on Olympus would be like hundred millimeter on full frame. So for, you know, for wildlife, et cetera, which distance is pretty important, um, it's quite handy.
0: does a need little hack. <laughs> right, if you can't get like that three-foot-long
1: lens, you know, yeah. just get the micro <laughs> four-thirds. <laughs> it's, no, it's true, though. It does make a difference, right? I mean, I've looked at a, a new lens. It's 100 to 400. Put a 1.4 extender on it, and that makes it into, um, what is it, about a, uh one forty by um, six something. And then compared to uh, uh, full frame. Wow. You're like almost up to a thousand millimeter, you know, here yeah. you've got a lot of reach.
0: Yeah. Those, uh, those long shots, I think, uh, or long lenses or lock capabilities really, really come to handy with wildlife. You know, a portrait photographer don't really shoot wildlife unless they're pretty, deep, pretty uh, used to tourists and stuff. Like in Jasper, they, I got, you know, I was out there last week and I got right up close to a deer because I'm sure they just see people all the time and they don't really care. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you want to get some real wildlife, you <laughs> need that
1: long lens. You need that long lens, yeah. yeah. Even, even with the wildlife like Jasper and so on, you know, you, I mean, they're pretty, uh, pretty used to people, but you still got to be careful with the bears, for example. And any wildlife, you, wanna, you wanna, don't want to crowd them. Um, you know, the bull elk can rut. I want to give them a little space. Um, we get to an elk picture. and I'll tell you a little story about being pursued around a tree.
0: Um, so you you mentioned Jasper. Where's where uh where's your favorite spot to go shoot? Do you have a favorite, or is it just a lot of really cool
1: spots you like? I like Jasper for wildlife. It's really good. I've got some great sheep pictures on the way there. Um, you know on along the parkway, uh, some good bear pictures in that area, elk. And uh, so I like Jasper because you can almost always get uh, get something there. Uh, but so much of, of wildlife photography is right spot, right time. You know, you, you can sit somewhere and wait for hours. Nothing happens. You can drive five minutes and look at, lo and behold, there's a moose comes out of the bush. Mm-hmm. It's all about, it's and it, it's just driving around, covering the country, a lot of it.
0: uh so I'm going to start taking take a look at some of your photos here. And I'd like to start with this one. Uh, this looks like it might
1: be, well, certainly a mountain, but is this Jasper as well? No, that's actually south of Hinton at a place called Cataman. and okay. And uh, I think it's called Hot Rocks. It's up behind Tech Mind. Um, a friend of mine and I, it's, that's him in the picture there, we've done a lot of photography together. And uh, uh, we hiked back up in there, spent a good part of the day I uh, got some sheep pictures, some elk pictures, and just enjoyed the scenery. It was beautiful. There's a place called Hot Rocks. It's uh, steam and hot heat coming out of the ground. And uh, I think in the winter, there's no snow. It, it's melted. Um, it stays warm all winter in that particular spot. Amazing. rather unique, like a not a volcano, but kind of mini, mini, mini version. A little bit of steam coming up. How um how far off the beaten path do you typically go? Um, whatever it takes, we'll drive. Uh, you know, I don't hike a whole lot. I uh, I used to hike more. I use my my side by side and my quad to get back uh, into the bush. But uh, we'll just drive back roads. And, and that Cadman trip, um, my friend there, Dan, and he knew about the area. I hadn't been there before, but we roughly knew where it was, so we just drove around and explored until we found a place to park and, and started hiking. Nice. Got it. Go ahead. You're,
0: ex- you're Yeah. You're exploring. You didn't really have like a set. This is what we're going for is just uh, kind of go and see.
1: A lot of times it's just go and see, go and, go and see what you can find. That's, I do a lot of, uh, a lot of trips out West of Sundry, West of, uh, Caroline and, and so on. Um, And lots of that, I I know the country pretty well now, but lots of my trips there are just jump on the quad or in the truck and start driving and see what you can find.
0: Are you going out often uh, for the purpose of photography or uh, are you taking your camera with you on other business throughout your area as a realtor or is it like a combination of both?
1: A bit of a combination. When I was in the oil patch, I I did uh, sales as well and I carried my camera the time i always had a camera in the truck and got some really good uh landscapes and some wildlife and uh you know a variety of photos then the time when you see the best opportunity or have the best opportunity is the time your camera's at home so you, you don't yeah, that happens that's right no <laughs> Keep them with you right but uh my trips out west aren't typically photography only they're just to go and explore and see what i can find and uh you know, uh, you've seen some of my wild horse pictures. They're mm-hmm. from camping out there and uh, and just being around and right spot, right time. Actually, I'll just bring that one up right now since you mentioned it. Here we are, boom. Yeah, there. Um, these two guys were fighting over a, a band of five mares, and uh, they meant business. The the darker one was mm-hmm. the older stallion, and he'd been challenged by the lighter bay. And uh, they came through our camp fighting, and uh, and so I got in my quad and followed them, thought I knew where they were heading, and sure enough, they were there. I spent somewhere between two and three hours following them and uh, and shooting images, shot about 2,000 photos, threw away probably 1,900 of them. Yes, but, yeah. so it was <laughs> incredible. The noise they were making, you know, TJ, we... We forget. I, I forget. I've got video capability with that Panasonic. It's really quite good. After I got back to camp, I realized I hadn't videoed at all, and there had been some tremendous video of them chasing each other and yeah. fighting and squealing and so on. Um, they, they get right at it. You can see the, the uh, tore up jaw on the one. They're bitten, and scarred, and bleeding, and um, they're serious. This is, this is real stuff.
0: How many, um, or do you you know how many um, roughly wild horses we do have in Alberta?
1: You get different reports. The last number I heard, it was somewhere around 2000, which would be from Hinton area (coughs) all the way south to, you know, um, I don't know, south of Bragg Creek down in that country. I told west of Sundry, in the general area west of Sundry Caroline, there's about 900, but that was several years ago. So I don't know how many there really are. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's there's lots of them. Although you can make a trip out there, I've done trips and not seen one, but I've also done trips where I'll see 30 to 50 in different bands. That's amazing! Wow, <laughs> I couldn't I, imagine. I like, I, I like horses. I've always liked horses. I've owned several. So I enjoy watching them. Uh, Most of them are pretty curious. The odd stallion will try and and send you on your way. He doesn't really like you intruding in his territory. But uh, horses are a very interesting animal to observe.
0: What would you say, uh, just off the top of your head, is the, uh, I don't don't want to say scariest, maybe scariest, or most dangerous experience you've had, like you talked about that they could be serious and. Uh, you know, shooting any wildlife, you have to be careful. So what would you say in your experience is like the closest call that you've had with a particular animal?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I, I don't <laughs> know that I've had any, I've been very close to some bears. I've been close to bull moose. Probably, probably the one that got my heart going the most was when the bull elk ran me around a tree, And, uh, and he, fortunately was really, was, ended up that he was bluffing. But, um, he wanted to see if I could move. And I found out I could, <laughs> you know, but, uh, the odd person has, you know, got the worst end of that deal. So you just got to be respectful of them and not push them too far. Not mm. crowd them when they're in the rut, they are unpredictable and you don't want to get in the way. And mm. so, uh, an elk experience, Dan, Dan would tell you this story. He thought it was pretty funny. He was watching and, uh, it, it came after me. Um. Yeah. But I'm sitting here so it didn't get me.
0: That's that's right. <laughs> live live to uh live to tell the story. All right. Um you say you got clo- uh pretty close to some bears and uh I love this particular photo. It's like uh probably the closest up photo I've seen of a bear.
1: Yeah, I obviously I've cropped that in some, but I was uh, max fifty feet from that guy. I was out of my vehicle, <laughs> crouched down low to get a good low shot. And uh, he was eating the grass, uh, dandelions, and so on, and uh, munching away. You know, um, people can say what they want. I think I'm, I'm really pretty careful, pretty respectful. And I'm watching very closely. And uh, you can see he's got his eye on me. Yeah. I'm not crowding him. I'm not, you know, going closer and closer and pushing him. Uh, kept my distance back. And you watch their face, watch their ears. And, uh, and if they're getting distressed, generally they'll give you a sign about it. You know, they'll indicate, you'll get that indication that they're distressed and, and not happy. And then, you know, it's best then you, you don't want to put them in that spot. And if they get there, you better back off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very rarely are they just going to lash out. You're going to have some type of warning before that
1: happens. Typically you will. Yeah. You know, they'll throw their head back and forth their ears will go back some they'll uh, they'll give you signs
0: now how uh does their behavior differ from black bears
1: that's a really good question uh, this particular black bear was she was quite content she had two cubs with her again i'm not threatening them i'm shooting off the highway actually and uh, and they're just having fun browsing in their dandelions um they're depending on the bears and where you're at. They can be more timid. Um, park grizzly bears aren't particularly timid. Um, like uh, 122 Donna Bamp, split lip, they'll hang around for lots of photos. They uh, used to it. You know, they're they're used to it, right? You get a bear in the a real wild bear. That's probably a different story. Uh, they're going to be a bit more timid and and move on. I I was. Uh, uh, several years ago, was on a bear, bear photography trip, and we saw 10 bears in two days. And uh, I don't know if you've got them there. I think I sent you the uh, saw and three cubs.
0: Yeah, I have them up there.
1: And, and it just uh... and uh, that trip, we were up, uh, up the Holmes River, the Beaver River in McBride looking for bears and found a couple of grizzlies. And you know what? What a difference between them and the park bear. They yeah. spotted us, and they were gone. You know, uh, they're much more difficult to get good images. Uh, they're they're pretty leery of uh, people and vehicles and so on.
0: I've heard that, uh, and not like being a wildlife expert myself by any stretch, but uh, that the black bears are kind of more skittish, more scavengery, uh, less likely to be confrontational, and then the brown, like the grizzlies, they just they just don't care. <laughs> they're, they're the yeah,
1: they're the king. You know, they're the king animal in in the, in the bush. Really, in the food chain, in the, you know, in, in our part of the world, and uh, black bears, yeah, they'll be more, you know, I guess you could say scavengers. Um, they're just a different demeanor. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's face it; it's not uncommon, unheard of for a grizzly bear to eat a black bear, especially the cubs. So uh, you can tell who's king of the food chain.
0: Another predator that you never think of as a predator are these guys.
1: Oh man, yeah, those are. I just took that the other day uh there's uh I really like owls they're a very interesting bird uh There's a pair that nested in a tree real close to my son's house and uh so I've gone out there just about every day and took images and and kind of kept track of them. Not sure exactly how old they are, i think about three four weeks uh, and they're at the stage called uh they're called brancher owls now it's a great horned owl, but they're called brancher because they they can't fly they fall out of the nest sort of fall to earth mounts around on the branches on their way down i guess they they uh and then they walk around on the ground until they can kind of half flutter half climb back up into a tree and they get on branches and so on so the name branchers they're uh I'd get quite a difference in
0: size between like the the physical body of the bird if you were to remove all its uh,
1: feathers Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot to them. But yeah. uh, horned owls are by far the most aggressive. They're real hunters. They, yeah, they get right after it. Uh, I'm told great greys are more, um, you know, they get after mice and, and smaller things like that. But these guys will tra- tackle bigger animals. In fact, uh, one day when we were watching them up in the nest, it's probably back 10 days ago, uh, I heard a thump on the ground. And so I walked over, and right just away from their nest is a, a muskrat laying there dead. Uh, it had oh. fallen out. I don't know if these guys pushed it out of the nest. I don't know how, but it definitely came from there, hit the ground, and uh, so they, you know, one of the parents would have would have gotten it, probably caught it going across the ground somewhere, going across to a pond, and brought it home. Awesome. That's, that's a good mom. Good mom or good dad. Good mom, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not so good at kids to kick it out of the nest, though. Yeah, no, no, for real. <laughs> throwing away supper.
0: You, you said uh, you like going to Jasper for the wildlife. And, uh, yeah, even uh, being there last week, uh, there's elk and uh, coyotes and mountain sheep. They're just everywhere. And you have a whole bunch of mountain sheep and uh, yeah, I love this one. So is this is this one
1: also in Jasper? Yeah, it is. This is uh I don't even know what it's called. Uh there's a mountain. It's close to the town site. Um, trying to remember it's I think it's off the the road that goes out to the lodge or uh, out to the lake, uh, by the Jasper Park Lodge. Okay, and you can climb up that mountain. So Dan and I were out there one trip and we climbed that mountain. Is that the Whistler? Go- No, no, it's not Whistler. I I wish I knew the name of it, TJ. It's just, um, it's not very high, and it would probably be south and east from the town site. Uh Look, um, yeah, sorry, I should know better. I I could take you there, but I don't know what it's called. Speaking of, (laughs) I saw you were going to Jasper, and I thought, man, it'd be fun to go and join you for the day, but it just wasn't happening. Yeah, well, I'll be coming
0: down uh, your way, actually, uh, to, I'll be spending a day in Calgary and Drumheller as well, so maybe you want to join me for the drum portion of that. Sure, sure. Yes. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, you got a, a bunch of these mountain sheep photos here. Let me just go through these. And how, like, I know <laughs> hunters, uh, yeah, we still got some done here. I like this one. This is real, real close up. Yeah. Hunters have died trying to get these things. So how difficult is how elusive
1: are they? I like this one Do Look at that, just kind of okay. So this, this, this here was a bit of a this was a you know a bit of a long range shot. I did some cropping to get this. This was a Cadaman. Remember the first picture we started with, in, yeah, in, and yeah, uh, and a mountain in the backdrop and so on. This was one of the sheep I got out there at He He's just sitting out there. This was in uh, I think it was in June, early June, because we were out for bear and sheep and so on, and so. You know, early June is great time for bears because they're liking all the grass and the dandies. And uh, anyway, he's just sunning himself on the rocks. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun. That was a good afternoon, just uh, sitting among them and observing them.
0: Yeah. Sorry. So, um, how how difficult this is to get shots of these guys? Like, you don't have a gun. You have a camera. Like, do they do they know the difference?
1: <laughs> well, you know, um, we're actually protected, for one thing. And uh the the big rams um are drawn for and uh oh man, can't believe this. <laughs> can you hear that cap? Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> Can you make no, an introduction? <laughs> he's uh he can be uh, fairly friendly, but he's fairly annoying at times. He's really demanding. Anyway, the sheep are you know what, those Cattlemen sheep weren't that terribly skittish. I mean, they weren't, you couldn't walk them around them. Some of the pictures we're going to look at were uh, in the park. And uh, like this guy here was uh, in the park. That was uh, right near Jasper. Um, same place as the first one we looked at was up on a bit of a mountain real close to the town site. And this is uh, down low there by a lake, I guess. This? Yeah, these were taken several years ago by Lake Minnewanka, and that uh, was a uh, that you know sometimes Dan and I'll just jump in the vehicle and and take the gear and leave at five six in the morning and head out and see what we can find for today. Go out, out to the park, right? And that, uh, that particular trip, we found these uh, several of these rams, and again they're not particularly skittish. You can't walk up to them, of course, but they don't run away neither, and uh, they seem to like the attention, just... actually. <laughs> Especially the
0: one on the right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they uh, they look really kind of
1: mangy, eh? These ones. Well, it's in June, so they're shedding. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get later on in summer, and they'll look pretty good. They'll, uh, you know, they sleek up and and so on. But yeah, tell you what looks really bad is goats. I don't. I don't think I sent you a goat photo. I don't have a lot of them. Goats are more elusive. Yeah, and they. They look mangy,
0: and uh mountain sheep, of course, famous for this type of behavior.
1: Mm-hmm. this was at cataman as well. that's, that's a good spot I was yeah. back there. Yep. that was a really good spot. We spent hours sitting there watching uh elk and and sheep, so uh on, moving
0: on to uh, another species and these are uh I don't know to me, I think just
1: as scary as bears, yeah, you know. This guy was, uh, this was in the rot, Um, so Maline Lake road. Oh yeah. I know the left towards M- Maline Lake is that's real, you know, where, where you'll often see moose in the fall. And that's where I found this guy. It's a long hike back from Malene Lake. And, uh, I think I did it three times in two days. And, uh, I say hype. Let's not kid ourselves. I'm driving. <laughs> I'm hiking with my truck. <laughs> uh but this guy was following a cow around, a cow that had a calf. So I got a few pictures of them, but this is a pretty nice bull for, for uh park bull for Alberta. Doesn't really compare to the, uh, you know, the ones in the Yukon, but still it was a, it's a pretty nice bull. Um, he had one thing on his mind and he wasn't particularly concerned with me. <laughs>
0: I remember uh, when we first moved out to Alberta, uh, we lived in Edmonton, but I took my uh, wife and kids out to uh, that exactly that spot, Maline Lake Road. Uh, yeah. We we went to Maline Canyon, then we went to the Maline Overlook, we went up yeah. to Medicine Lake, and then we continued up to Maligne Lake. And between Medicine Lake and Maline Lake, we saw a young uh, young moose there it was just out in
1: the yeah. middle of the road. So it was really nice to be able to get to see that. Yeah. And And that's what I was talking about, timing. I drove up there when I got the picture of the bull. I'd been there the night before. And earlier in the day before, and this was um, in an afternoon, if I remember correct, afternoon later in the afternoon, and and I just drove up there, uh, stopped at a little campsite pullout type area by a river, shot the breeze with a couple other photographers, um, Mark, 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 trying to remember his name uh, from Ontario, Mark Raycroft, maybe. uh, Anyway, he's a professional wildlife photographer. And uh, so, you know, I drove up to Malene Lake, nothing, drove back, parked in the parking lot there again for a little bit by that river. All of a sudden, there's activity. And here's this bull comes wandering a cow and then the bull following her out of the bush. So it's so much just being in the right spot at the right time. Yeah, amazing.
0: Uh, And There's so much, like, I, like, if, if someone hasn't seen a moose in real life, they are enormous, <laughs>
1: absolutely enormous. I, I believe that God had a sense of humor when he created them because of their their looks, and yet they are so, you, you know, how does he get that big rack through the bush? They can go through so quietly if they want to. Then, On yeah. the other hand, if you can hear them banging and crashing and so on other times, but if they choose to be quiet, they can be very quiet. I watched, I don't
0: know if you've ever seen the uh, the video of, let me see if I can find it. I'm just going to see if I can find this. There's a video of a uh, moose running through the snow. It's like, you can see some people there and it's waist deep snow. Oh, here it is. Can you see the video now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Here we go. Yeah, so let me just skip ahead here. Don't want to get busted for a copyright claim or anything. Here it is. Here he comes. And it just, like,
1: blasts through. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just it's a lot no just beating a trail, eh? Absolutely. Amazing. Like, incredible creatures. Oh, where are we now? Here we are. And and honestly, what you said, uh, moose, uh, a bull in rut, but a cow with a calf is really, uh, can be very unpredictable, very protective, mm-hmm. and um, really almost deadly. Like, a cow moose is nothing to mess with.
0: Yeah, any any of them. Like, yeah, any of them. I see people, uh, or see, you know, you see those videos like that, like the video we just watched, but the people are just trying to see how close they can get, you know, for a cool Instagram video or something, and then they get trampled. <laughs> you know,
1: you know uh, it reminds me, Dan and I were heading up the parkway uh, on one of our beer trips, and there's a grizzly digging in the roots and, and so on, fairly close to the highway. So we stopped, and we were just watching them, taking a few pictures. Up pulls a van, out gets a family. This lady sets up her three kids, not right at the bear, but... F- up towards the bear and then she goes back so she gets a picture of the the kids with the bear in the background and um they were close enough that i did mention to her that's probably not a real good idea uh she didn't seem to have any concept though that that bear wasn't like a zoo bear uh (laughs) could be a bit unpredictable and you know what they were doing wasn't really that smart so anyway no people do that sort of thing i've seen a guy get put right almost put right into a vehicle by a bull elk. Oh my goodness. Some people's children. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: It's, uh, so I was having an argument with myself as to whether was a moose or not.
1: Is this a moose as well? Yes, it's a moose. And I, I just threw that in there. I love this picture because, you know, it kind of looks like it's laughing, which it isn't. It's eating <laughs> leaves. This is a cow moose along, uh, South of Jasper, I'm trying to remember the name of the campground that this goes to, this road goes to. It detours off of Highway 93, probably goes about 15, 20 kilometers. Uh, if I remember right, it might be the road that goes up to Mount Edith Cavell. And uh, anyway, it just follows the river along, and you'll often find animals along that. It's not so traveled. So anything where it's not traveled that much, uh, more typically, we'll have game. And uh, we sat and watched this cow for probably half an hour,
0: and now these guys, and when I saw this image, I automatically hear that screeching metal sound
1: <laughs> yeah, it's they're they' when they bugle, it's really quite a sound, isn't it it's um I'd never heard it till I started doing photography and hanging around watching these guys in the fall, and uh, this particular bull is an older bull; he had a really beat up rack. And uh, I was driving, uh, it was a side road out of Jasper, and, uh, and I see some cows running through the bush. And uh, so I just stopped and waited. And I can't remember if it was 15 or 17 cows came through, and then this guy came along. And uh, obviously he's doing something right because he had a big harem of cows, and, uh, and yet he was an older bull. But uh, he obviously knows how to handle those younger bulls.
0: Yeah, yeah, he looks like he sorts those. Uh, he, yeah, he shows that the, that he's earned the <laughs> earned the harem, I guess.
1: Yeah, earned it. Yeah, yeah, they've got to defend. I've seen them fighting, and uh, um, it's boy, they get their, those antlers locked and they start pushing each other around and running each other, and they uh, they work pretty hard at that.
0: They have that crazy. I, I think they, uh, elk probably to me have the most attractive rack.
1: It's, they really are. Uh, Dan shot, got a bull last fall there. Uh, you've met Dan and it, it's, yeah. wow, I think it's six point. It's really, it's very impressive. And yeah, they're, they often fairly symmetrical. This one's a little bit off at the, out at the tips. It's got a drop tine there and so on, but, uh, Really impressive animals. And uh, here we have one man on a mission. Here he's on a mission. This is the same guy as the first picture, and this was probably the last of the cows that he was chasing or looking after. They were, you know, he kept them together, and um, yeah, he he uh, he worked hard, hard to hard to get them and hard to keep them. And was this after? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Golf. Oh, well, this is a different uh, this is a different elk, a little bit younger one. And uh not quite as crazy looking rack. <laughs> not sure. I'm not enough of an expert to tell you how old these guys are. I know this is a younger one though.
0: The cool thing about these places you go to shoot, like Jasper stuff. Oh like here's uh this the picture I was thinking, was it uh... This is this is Cataman again. Yeah, they're, they're all they all kind of, there's the one, I was trying to find the one, maybe I don't have it up here. There's the one of um, the sheep and the elk and
1: everything kind of all together just yep. grazing. Yeah. You know, it was uh, early June, so the grass is greened up. Snow is all gone. They've kind of got rid of their, uh, they're getting uh, back into shape again. They've recovered from their winter. Um, they're going into the easier part of summer. And uh, they were pretty content. Nobody had been chasing them around, and we just sat, like I said, for hours and and watched them. Uh, took a bunch of images and kind of followed them with respect, right? Not chasing them, just sort of wandered around. And yeah, it was a terrific afternoon there. What a beautiful sight! It was. It was really, really pretty. Uh, I'd love to go back there. Actually, the uh, that marmot picture is a. Uh, Oh, at, uh, at uh, Cadaman as well. Target-rich environment, Cadomin. Yeah, man. it's uh, marmots are uh, they're quite an animal. How they survive, man. They live in rocks. What do they eat in the winter? I don't, I guess actually they tend to hibernate. Um, they're quite an interesting animal as well. There's lots of interesting animals. If you start looking at them, following them, you know, reading a little about them, watch them, observe them. Do you have a favorite? Yeah. Grizzly bears.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're, they're really cool. They're, they're just so majestic, carefree. You know, I've seen them wandering through the bush, wandering down at, at uh, in the park, you'll get them wandering down the road, which is really not that thrilling. But they just wander along. They don't have a care in the world. They're they are afraid of no man, and uh, those big long claws. You can, you know, they're just such an impressive animal. And uh, you know, I, I like them all really. I enjoy them all, but probably grizzly bears are my favorite.
0: I remember when uh, I, I always joke about when uh, we were choosing where to move in Alberta. When we chose Northern Alberta. I divide Alberta by thirds based on threat. So the the bottom half, South Alberta, you have your snakes and scorpions and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I I got small kids. I just picture them like stepping in a hole, playing by a coolie or something. And then Central Alberta, where you are, you, of course you have like the weather patterns that get you. And then up North, it's the bears and the cougars and stuff. So I thought we'd take our chances with the bears because you can see them coming, but they are pretty, I mean, if a bear wants you, it's
1: probably going to get you. <laughs> if a bear wants you, it's going to get you. They're uh You know, they're, they can be confrontational, but typically not. Typically, they're not a hunter. You know, people watching this, somebody watching this may dispute me, but typically a bear, unless they've got young and you separate them, you you corner them or something, they're not really going to be after you. Um, Cougar is probably the the one that's the most, um, you know, could tend to hunt you. They'll follow you, you read stories about it, and hear guys talk about it, and uh, cougars are cats, and cats can be very sneaky and and uh, and elusive, and uh, you know they, they're not always after you. But and that's something I've only seen once in wild, and not didn't get a chance to get a picture. Um, they're very and they are out in the country that I go to. In mm-hmm. fact, you talk about Drumheller; they're down in the river valley in the Drumheller area uh, between there and Red Deer. Um, guys will talk about seeing them or seeing tracks but uh boy they're pretty elusive
0: have you ever caught
1: any wolves i have a wolf rug <laughs> it's not a, it's not a very uh it's not a very uh good photo uh, that story <laughs> I uh, yeah i i used to drive uh, a <laughs> logging truck in bc way back when i was a kid and uh and actually the wolf got in the way and got the worst end of it. So he ended up as a rug. I, I've only seen a few TJ and at a distance there again, they're pretty elusive, but right time, right spot. Um, I guess, yeah, you know, you can find them. Well, they are around Jasper. There's a few packs around there. In fact, there's a pack that you see in the wintertime. I've seen it twice, uh, up at, um, I'm trying to remember the lake, the name of the lake. Up from Jasper, it's just up behind the townside about five miles, Pyramid Lake.
0: Mm, I know that one. I was just there.
1: <laughs> yeah, you go up there and there's a, you go past the, the little resort area and you get back farther and there's a little island with a, a bridge out to it. Yes, that's right. Bridge? Yeah, that's okay, right. Okay, from that bridge, I observed three wolves crossing the lake. Uh, too far away to get good shots. Yeah. But definitely were wolves and, uh, you know, so. There are wolves around there. Um, probably the closest I've been was a uh, west of Caroline. Big wolf right on the edge of the road. By the time I could get stopped and get my camera, he was history. Yeah, no, but okay. uh, he was a beauty, big wolf. So That's they are nice. around.
0: It's crazy to know that they're. out. Uh, well, it's not crazy to know that they're right there. I guess I should assume that they're right there. But it's just neat to know
1: that like, you're. You know, you're in a spot, and there they are, somewhere in the trees. You know. Oh, you know, honestly, wildlife. So often, I think when we're when we're quading or or hiking, going somewhere, uh, even driving out west, you wonder how many animals you go by. We don't see them; they see us. They're just sitting off the road watching, and uh, you know, because we do not have the the senses that they do.
0: It sure beats being uh, back in Toronto where you get squirrels, raccoons, pigeons, and the occasional like <laughs> seagull. Maybe, maybe a coyote. We get foxes here and there. A fox is like a really exciting thing to spot, you know? Um, but yeah, it's quite quite a different world out here. And uh, one of the reasons why I absolutely love it and why it's way better.
1: <laughs> well, I think you made a great choice to come. And that's a good part of the world to live in up Valley View area. Yeah, it's beautiful up here. You know, all different parts of Alberta have their their beauty. Uh,
0: they do, and and don't get me wrong. Like uh, as much as I joke about, like the weather in Central Alberta and uh, like the snakes, the scorpions, in Southern Alberta. Having seen most of the province, you know, I, I love the whole thing. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, such a variety, contrasts.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know. uh, that's what I love. There's so many different types of topography and wildlife and everything, and it's all very accessible.
1: Yeah, yeah. we live in a great part of the country. We do. And
0: uh, for half the year, it looks like this. <laughs> yeah, and is this a white? Is this a white tail?
1: It is. Uh-huh. Uh, and I got to thank Dan, uh, for for uh, showing me where these guys were. Uh, he'd been into. Uh, they're actually in a park in Calgary, believe it or not. Uh, there's a herd of white tail hang out in there, and we went in just before Christmas. I think it was just before. Or just after, it was minus twenty five that day. We spent. I don't know, two hours, three hours. Spent quite a bit of time hiking around and uh, found a few big bucks. And this guy was, I, I mean, his antlers are so uh, non-typical. See that big drop on the on the left side, that left big thing. drop time? That's like so non-typical. He was pretty good-sized deer, and uh, um, they weren't that interested in us. I mean, they weren't going to hang around together get petted or anything but we were able to get reasonably close and and spend a bunch of time following them and and taking images as they were eating
0: uh just something that thought occurred to me when you're going to shoot wildlife and you're and if you're trying to inch maybe a little bit closer um do you find seasonally or which season i think would you find makes it easier to, to sneak up on them like the snow does it soften your step or does it add a crunch that makes it harder to to get to them like where, where do you what when do you
1: find it easiest to get closer to the animals uh that's a good question and i'm not sure i'm the guy to really ask because i'm not you know i i'm not going to blow smoke i'm not an expert i love it i really enjoy it and i do work at it but there's other guys that that know better than i do i, I think when it's wet
0: mm.
1: though and snow would be would have it somewhat wet is better as long as it's soft snow and not crunching mm. but wet you know, if you're in uh, an area where there's leaves and so on, um, and they often know you're there. It's whether you run up on them quickly or move in slowly makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they feel, as soon as they feel threatened, um, they're gone. You know, often an animal, for example, the horses, um, some of the bands, boy, you come around the corner, you're, you're an eighth of a mile away and they're out of there and others you can be a hundred feet and they hang around. Uh, so they're all different. But if you, when you're, when you're trying to, you know, move in on something, move up a little closer, if you go straight at it, it's chances are it's going to back off or leave. But if you kind of go at a bit of an angle and work your way, almost like a sailboat tacking, you get what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, and use that sort of a technique. You can move in closer, without uh, without them moving off. But again, you got to be respectful. I think that's the biggest thing: is respect for the animal, and uh, and the fact whether they've got young with them, and and make sure they're not stressed. Um, you know, it's really important. That's where long lenses come in, mm-hmm. so you can get that good image from a distance without crowding in on them. Yeah. I- yeah. You know, you've got some sheep pictures there where I was really pretty close. If they felt crowded, they'd have been gone. They're just yeah. pretty used to people. And uh, and so I didn't feel like we were infringing on their territory or 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 crowding them to the point where they were stressed. Um,
0: also, you're shooting Olympus. If you're shooting Canon and Nikon, they would have totally been out of there. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Prairie View Photo Tours. Fairy View Photo Tours invites photographers of all levels to book their all-inclusive, authentic Alberta adventure at pvphototours.com. Awesome. So that's your, your white tails and quite a few of those here. But then these ones here are uh, mule deer, yeah?
1: Yeah, they are.
0: And they are plentiful here in Alberta, and they're in a field of what is also plentiful, which
1: is our canola. Exactly. I really like those pictures, these guys there. Antlers. these are probably in July, looking at the canola crop and so on, so their antlers are, you know, already? Nobody, this is uh, at the end of the canola, so uh, antlers are a little bigger, and a couple of, you know, not bad bucks there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're curious, you know, nobody's chasing around, nobody's shooting at them, so they don't typically run right away. Mm-hmm. Again, though, if you just go right at them, they'll leave, but if you kind of maybe go at a bit of an angle, they might hang around for a bit. So this
0: could have been virtually anywhere in Alberta because we have canola everywhere. Where was this one taken?
1: Actually, these were taken just straight west of Three Hills. Nice. This is some of uh, when I was working in the oil field as an operator. Early mornings, I'd see lots of deer and and, uh, well, raptors and, uh, you know, hawks and owls and so on and um, see lots of animals early in the morning. Do you,
0: um, for inspiration, like, is it just the, the, the act of the shooting that you love? Do you have like, are there the photographers that you like to look at, that you like to study, you like to read about anything like that? Do you like to look at others' work and, you know, of did, did you draw any sort of inspiration from those that came before you? Or is
1: this something mankind you picked up that you just like to do? you know, a lot of it's picked up. I've gone to some seminars and so on, did some stuff earlier. Uh, I don't necessarily have the time for it now or mm-hmm. don't, don't, that's not right. Don't make the time for it. Cause if something's really important, we'll take the time and mm-hmm. or make the time. Darren Wiggett is a photographer that I, I really enjoy his work and, uh, tried to, I don't know if I want to say copy it, but learn from him. Um, and there's others. I you know I read magazines, photography magazines, and so on. And, and quite honestly, you know, I, I refer to Dan. We we've done a lot of trips. I've learned lots from him. Mm-hmm. He's really good, and uh, and he's self-taught, uh, other than reading a few magazines. And um, you know, so I think we feed off each other a little bit, learn from each other a bit, and um, so that helps. You know, going out with somebody else that that's really quite good at it, mm-hmm. I think is. It's a way to challenge yourself to be better. and uh,
0: It's also exciting, uh, I find, like, when going out with another photographer, that you go out with, uh, you know, a totally different setup, and you're obviously a different person to begin with, but you're shooting the exact same subject matter, but you get two wildly different results, and that's
1: exciting to see. Very, very true. And uh, it is interesting to see some of the, uh, just the difference in in the angles and so on the gear a little bit but really it's the eye Mm. and i i think that's you know more than the gear the eye and the aptitude for it and the ability to compose and and so on and the ability to keep the animal from leaving like have it feel comfortable with you there that's a big part of it you know some of the bear elk etc you know um you want them to be comfortable and not threatened and that's a bit of an art to uh, to be able to do that. Yeah, I know
0: absolutely. It's like uh, I was just gonna say from uh, my security experience, of like it's like watching people trying to approach a girl in a bar. <laughs> so you have to approach it the same way <laughs> that you approach basically any of these wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've
1: never heard that analogy before. But
0: you're 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 saying before you know you gotta don't go direct line, go kind of. You know, kind of like to stick the sailboat, and then you know you kind of got to get close and don't go, don't go straight at him, but don't go too fast. And you know, long land, stay at a distance. All the things, right? Um, I'd like to finish off with this one here, and I absolutely love this one uh, for so many reasons: all the contrast, the color. Um, it's obviously, it's beautiful nature shot. So, talk about this one,
1: TJ. This is a great story because. Uh, wife and I took a trip to North Carolina a number of years ago, probably, I don't know, I'd say it's 15 years ago, um, 12 at least, and uh, and I wanted to drive the um, Blue Ridge Parkway. And so this was just at the start of it by Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, it had rained, cleared, it was still raining where we were, So I, uh, and maybe some of it was just coming out of the trees and And I'm like, ah, I don't want to get out my gear. I'll just do this with my phone. Back then it would have been like an iPhone 4 or 5 maybe. Mm. And uh, it's probably the best image from the whole trip. For one thing, that night, there's a big windstorm came up and blew most of or a lot of the leaves off the trees. So, you know, even this scene wouldn't have looked the same. But uh, this just goes to show right spot, right time, right conditions. You know, with a flip an iPhone, I get a, a really, a really decent photo. And so uh doesn't matter your equipment so much as just your eye. And uh, take the shots.
0: You know? Yeah. I, I like to equate that to, um, you know, you can take an F1, F1 race car driver and, uh, you know, you could put him in a Ferrari or you could put him in, you know, like a Chevette and He's going to do some awesome things with that Chevette because he really knows how to drive. He could do even more amazing things with that Ferrari. But if you're a terrible driver, you're, you're not going to do anything with that Ferrari. You'll probably crash it, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just so much about take the opportunity and shoot the picture. And uh...
0: do you, you said you uh, like to have your camera with you most of the time, but uh, do you find yourself shooting a lot with your phone?
1: You know, way more than I used to. Um, phones are so—they're uh, incredible what they can do. Now, again, you get into poor light or uh, certain situations, you just—you know—a good camera, good lens is going to give you a better image. There's no question. And uh, but today's phones, man, you got so much control over them, and uh, and they just—they do a tremendous job. So uh, yeah, I actually do—I shoot quite a few photos with my phone. I do not shoot house interiors with my phone, though. <laughs> no, we yeah. we draw the line there. We have my... some standards. That's <laughs> what yes, we do. With I my house interiors. I I'm using uh, good gear.
0: There's um. No, when I was when we when we got on uh, today, just before we started recording, uh, we were talking about uh, different social media outlets and websites and whatever where you might display your work, and you said that you kind of just like to do the process and keep to yourself and you do make a couple of prints. We can see some of them behind you on the wall there, but uh, something I did want to bring to your attention is an app that I just was introduced to about a week ago um, called glass. And I went to check it out. I just, it's a paid membership. So it costs you 30 bucks a year. Um, But there's no like algorithms. There's no ads on it. There's no, uh, video or influencers or anything and it's just for photographers and the uh, the feed is very um you just have like just sim- single photos and that's your feed it's just photos 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 you click on a photo you can check out a description about it but the app o- automatically uploads all your exif data so you get all your camera settings in there it automatically tells you what camera was shot on what lens it was shot on and uh it's just the people that really care about photography so it's a real Real nice treat, actually, to go and post the photos there and get some, uh, you know, get some love on them or some feedback on them from some other people that actually care about the craft. It's
1: really cool. Interesting. Yeah, there there are lots of apps. That, that actually sounds, you know, quite interesting. Uh, I didn't mention it at the beginning, but one of the things that I did was uh, a lot of team photography, um, lacrosse teams, hockey teams, mm. uh, figure skating, et cetera. And uh, and of course charged for that, and that helped buy equipment and buy gear, and uh, and I, I've sold a few canvases and prints over the years, um, donated some, sold some, kind of helped pay the way a little bit. But as life went on and, and moved into different uh, you know different areas, um, I just felt I didn't have the time to to pursue marketing them, and and that's a whole other avenue. That's that's a whole other degree of commitment to do the marketing. So um, I just enjoy shooting some editing and, uh, I, I've got way too many canvases and prints cause I, I get a photo, the one you can see in the background with, with the, um, uh, the loading shoot in the, uh, you know, in the mountains in the back and so on, I really you like that. That's there. Of, yeah, that's one I did last winter, I'll move there and, and see it better. I did that last winter. Uh, a little bit, did a little HDR effect on it, and so on. And uh, I've made two canvases, just because I like the photo. I've done that way mm. too much. I don't have enough wall space. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Um, and people can also find you uh, down here at Wild Horse Real Estate. dot com. I you know. Not for photography, but if they're looking for those services, or I guess if they wanted to contact you for photography, they could do it through that way as well.
1: They could do it through that. Yeah, you bet.
0: Tim, anything going on? Any projects? Uh, I know it's not photography related, but you are kind of embroiled in a political uh, election that's going on right now here in Alberta. Is there anything you want to, anything you want to say about anything that you're doing? Any projects? Anything photography related? Uh,
1: before we before we sign off, um, no, I uh, you know. I am busy, you're right, I'm busy with the political side of my life. Uh, when that's over, I'll get out doing more shooting and so on. Uh, I plan to do a bear trip, uh, Banff, and then up to Jasper. I really want to get that in, um, be right after the election. First of June is the best time to go for bears. They're, uh, you know, you get up in the mountain areas, out in the parks and so on, you've got altitude, so your, your dandelions aren't out until end of May, early June and uh, typically a good time to see grizzlies. So gonna get that in, and who knows, maybe back to Catamon, because uh, that's just great country to go to.
0: I was supposed okay. to be going uh, in May this month, out actually, to uh, out to, well, not to Catamon, but to Jasper. Well, it might not be in Jasper, that area. I have a friend that lives in Hinton, and okay. uh, he's gonna be going out uh, bear hunting,
1: so I'm gonna be going out to show him to document, the bear hunt. Sure. and. Any idea where he's going for his hunt?
0: No, no, he says he's seen a lot of bears out. So he lives in Hinton, works in Grand Prairie. So somewhere, I guess, along the Yeah, Okay. That tribe.
1: Yep. <laughs> It'll be up, likely up between there and Grand Cache and up. It's, it's a trip I'd like to do sometime. Never done it. Uh, Hinton to Grand Prairie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's so much beautiful country in this province, Not really in Canada, but uh, we've got such contrast, as we said earlier. You know, you can go from the wheat fields to the mountains and everything in between. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful.
0: Sir, thank you for coming out today again. I really appreciate it. It was really fun talking with you and really, uh, really
1: neat to see all these different animals. Yeah, good. Thanks, TJ. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Uh, It is fun to share it. and Think back on some of those experiences.
0: Awesome, Tim. We'll talk to you soon.
1: You bet. Take care.